Welcome back to the Share His Light podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rachel. On this episode, we interviewed Brother Richards and discussed the temple recommend questions. Brother Richards grew up in San Diego as a Baptist until he and his mom learned about the gospel from the missionaries. Brother Richards used to play water polo and volleyball in college and now loves cooking, photography, and ice cream. He has a popular Instagram. You can find him at Brother Richards. Enjoy this episode of Share His Light. Since we are talking about Temple Recommend questions, could you do a general overview for us, please? Yeah, I'd be happy to. And what a blessing to have modern-day prophets that help us feel worthy uh, to go to the Temple. Um, first one is about the Godhead, second one about the Atonement, then the Restoration, and the Living Prophet. And then they get into how we live laws. Uh, the fifth question is about the Law of Chastity, number six about public and private behavior, number seven supporting people whose teachings are contrary to those of the Church. Um, and then just our religiosity, really. Um, number eight is on the Sabbath day. Number nine, honesty. Number 10, tithing. 11 is about the word of wisdom. 12, uh, if we owe um, money, child support to a former spouse or mistress or children, things like that. The family, I call it the family question. Um, 13 reviews the temple endowment uh, to make sure we're living worthy of our temple covenants and wearing the garment appropriately. And then 14 and 15, two of my favorites. Are there any unresolved sins that need to be resolved? And number 15, do you consider yourself worthy to enter the house of the Lord? Great. Thank you for doing a quick overview because I feel like a lot of times there's so many questions that, and they're worded in an interesting way that sometimes it's, we kind of, they go over our heads sometimes. So I like that you could sum it up really easily. Uh, anyways, so as you said, there are a lot of really good questions and they're all inspired by the the Lord. And so one of them, number four, is we can go into, and it's, do you sustain the president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as a prophet, seer, and revelator, and as the only person on the earth authorized to exercise all priesthood keys? And then going into sustaining the members of the First Presidency and Quorum of the Twelve as apostles and prophets. Um let's dive deeper into this. So I guess kind of what does this mean and how can we apply it more into our lives? Yeah. But let me ask you two, the word sustain. In fact, in our um, Come Follow Me, recently we studied that process of sustaining. So how do you understand that word sustain? What does it mean to you? Um, personally, I think that sustaining is showing support for, um, and a way we show support is by following their teachings and um, truly listening to what they have to say and pondering those things. Um, but when I think of sustain, I just think of the support that we can offer as members of the church. Um, I do too. I think of sustain, support, um, help. Love that. Yeah, you are spot on. And uh, for me, um, and this might just be me, sustaining is so easy with apostles and prophets. It gets tougher when it comes down to a family home evening group leader. Because when you sustain him or her, that means you're going to show up at family home evening, right? When you sustain the person to be the linger longer, you're going to show up to every linger longer and you're going to volunteer to bring food, right? And so even those that sustain those that are um, part of the LDSSA, that means you're going to go to Institute. If they invite you to an activity or you hear about an activity, guess what? You've sustained them. That means you're actually going to do what they're asking you to do. 
And that's where the, the rubber hits the road, so to speak. Sustaining it, it's easy to raise a hand, but it's hard to move the feet to actually do what those leaders are asking you to do. I really like that. I hadn't thought about it like that. Um, I'm slacking on the family home evening front, but we don't have to talk about that right now. <laughs> You're not alone. You're not alone. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's tough. The struggle's real. <laughs> but I like that, you know, putting action to what we're actually saying. We're like, yeah, we support you, but actually showing up and doing our part, I like yeah. that. Yeah, good luck at FHE on Monday. Have fun. Yeah. No, no, that means you got to go too. <laughs> Love that. No, I think that's really great because... Like we were talking about, we kind of forget right right after we raise up our hand of like, oh yeah, like that person can do a, the good a good job. Yeah. When it's like, oh no, that means I actually have to help them out and I have to participate. Right. And so it goes more than than just sitting in the pews at church, but <laughs> actually being part of the congregation. Yeah. Um, our next question that we're going to dive into um, is number six, which is, do you follow the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ in your private and public behavior with members of your family and others? Could you expand on this one? Yeah, I love this. Um, I have a quote here from Joseph Smith. I love your thoughts. He says, I love that man better who swears a stream as long as my arm, but yet deals mercifully with his neighbors and gives his substance to the poor than the long, smooth-faced hypocrite. In other words, that consistency in public and private behavior is, uh, is absolutely crucial, right? Um, when I got my last temple recommend, the stake presidency counselor said, you know why this is in here, Eric? And I said, that's my name in real life. <laughs> uh, I said, well, I think so. He said, let me tell you what I was taught. He was interviewed by President Nelson's son-in-law, uh, who's in the 70. And he's, he asked uh, my friend Ryan in the sake presidency the same question. And he said, I don't know, teach me. So this 70 said, we are done calling people to positions where they put on a good front at church and then they are ogres behind closed doors. He says, we're done. We're done with that. And so he wanted to say that before he was called to be in the state presidency, they actually interviewed his wife for about 15 minutes and asked her a bunch of questions about him. Is he good to you? Is he kind to you? Does he do family prayer? Is there any mistreatment, any language? I mean, just was very, very thorough. And I, I love that. The church is very interested to make sure that we are consistent. Um, the word hypocrisy, right? It literally from the Greek means actor, where you pretend you're on stage for two hours at church on Sunday, and then God, the rest of the week you are a different person. Um, it's kind of like a house. As you drive up to a home or even here at the Institute building, you notice the house or the Institute building, but you don't notice the most important part, which is the foundation, right? And you know this, if, there, if a foundation is off, sooner or later, it's going to manifest itself in the, in the house above, sooner or later. And you know this, and you've seen, we could have a whole podcast on different Hollywood people <laughs> that have had some of their foundations exposed um, in a very uh, embarrassing way. Sooner or later, if our private life, if it's not good, if that foundation is not strong, it's going to come to the surface and we're going to be embarrassed. And oh, it's just so important that our public and private behaviors match each other. If not, I mean, that's what being a disciple is about. The word disciple, it, the root word is discipline, where we have that discipline, where we're good in public and we're also good in private. It's a good question to reflect on. That was really powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I... It reminds me a lot of 
kind of like the struggle that everyone's going through nowadays of what does it really mean to be, I guess, Christian or Christ-like, right? Yeah. Where it's not just, oh, we're um, going to church, right? Or saying, oh, I, I believe in Christ. It's actually following him and being an example of him, which is something that's hard to do because none of us are perfect, but it's something that we should all strive for. Yeah. I would like to suffer. I know I had a girl in my class, we did this lesson a couple weeks ago, and she's like, she was kind of frustrated. She's like, ah, I'm not perfect. Like, I, I try to be kind to people, I try to be nice, try to be a good disciple, good little girl, but sometimes I, I lose it. I live it with, with uh, telemarketers or people in traffic or whatever. And, and she's like, am I okay? Am I okay? I, I shared a quote from President Uchtdorf with her. Let me, I, I pulled it up here. It says, if you define hypocrite as someone who fails to live up perfectly to what he or she believes, then we are all hypocrites. <laughs> None of us is quite as Christ-like as we know we should be, but we earnestly desire to overcome our faults and the tendency to sin. With our hearts and soul, we yearn to become better and better with the help of the atonement of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I like that. And that word, strive. Are you trying your best to have that uh, that consistency in your actions? The Lord... Uh, I, I, I think it's safe to say, but there's a little bit of wiggle room. He knows we're not perfect, but as long as we're trying and striving and becoming a little better, we're going to be okay in the end. Those are awesome quotes. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, so the next question that we want to, I guess, dive into and understand more is a number seven, which is, do you support or promote any teachings, practices, or doctrine contrary to those of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? This question is so confusing. Yeah, this yeah. is the one that gets the most like, huh? <laughs> I don't think I do. Exactly. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Now, so, yeah, the question, you know, in my class, it got brought up. Um, so, like, if you fly an LGBTQIA plus flag, are, can you not answer that question right? If you um, are part of the Black Lives Matter movement, are you okay? Are you part of the ordained women movement? Are you still okay? It was a fascinating discussion. So first of all, please know, asking questions has never constituted apostasy. Um, gospel questions are welcomed. They are encouraged. When a person acts in clear open, deliberate, public opposition to the church or its leaders after receiving counsel to not do so, if they persist in that, then a discussion needs to be had. So again, if a person has questions, if they have concerns about women in priesthood or whatever it is, um, race in the priesthood, you name it, those are okay. But when someone begins to teach or comes out in clear public um, deliberate opposition to what the church has established and continues in that behavior after they've been told to knock it off, <laughs> that's when they've, uh, when they've crossed the line. So does that, does that help? Yes. <laughs> I think it makes it a lot clearer that we're going to receive warnings, right? God works in warnings and trying to help us, and he's not going to... Like her, I guess hurt us not for like our ignorance. Well, he's not going to hurt us for our ignorance because maybe we don't know something, or we didn't understand something fully. Right. He's going to let us know, and he's going to help us because he wants us to be worthy and to follow him. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I think if you ever have questions about that question, just ask in the interview. Um, one of my students brought up, she's kind of an open book. She said, you know, I have some sympathetic feelings about abortion. She said, I see some um, situations where personally, I think it'd be better for that baby not to be born, especially early on, than into this this horrific uh, life or lifestyle or with this mother who is on drugs or abusing alcohol or, you know, X, Y, and Z. And she said, I just, I wish we were a little more liberal as Larry Saints about abortion. And she said, I was blessed. I brought this up to my bishop. He gave me some good counsel, some good advice, some good thoughts. And I thought, yeah, that's a good bishop. So if you have questions about, you know, your feelings about church policy or doctrines, bring it up. Um, I love the analogy of the three shelves. You've probably heard this before. Um, it comes from our article of faith that talks about how we believe that God has revealed many things, that he is currently revealing many things, and that he will yet reveal many uh, great important truths pertaining to the kingdom of God. Some questions have already been answered, things that God has revealed. Um, that's shelf number one. Shelf number two are the things that he is currently revealing. Uh, one of those could be this: um, these temple recommend questions. They were updated uh, about two years ago, and he's currently revealing stuff to us today. That third shelf is the stuff in the future, things that he will reveal down the road. Um, a lot of times we have a lot of young adults that that first shelf gets dusty. They forget about things that they have learned. They forget about their experiences with the gospel and with the spirit and with the Book of Mormon and at general conference because they get so uh, interested in the stuff that's going to happen in the future that may or may not be revealed during mortality. <laughs> um, and I love the fact that the restoration is not complete. We have all these truths that are being poured out. And uh, that, sh- that third shelf, the questions that we have to hold on to down the road, does it frustrate you or fascinate you? I'm fascinated personally. I ponder about that kind of stuff. I'm like, what is he going to do? Like, yeah. God's mind is so exciting to try and figure <laughs> out. You're like, what's he going to do next? And you never know. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely like, you have no idea what's around the corner. And sometimes... Not that it's concerning. It's just like, shoot, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, one, in my own life, and two, in what's actually going to happen. Because nothing for us is concrete right now. Yeah. But for God, he knows exactly what's going to happen. So it's part of this whole idea of having trust in him. And I guess it it is both, where it's concerning and comforting at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And we just, we just have to have faith that we may not know everything in mortality, you know? And mm-hmm. yeah, again, people have brought up, you know, will, you know, will, um, will there be gay marriage in the church? We don't know. Will women hold the priesthood? We don't know. Currently, the answers are no. And can we be patient that those answers might come, or at least the reasons behind them, they might be understood down the road in the future. And so just put that right there. Shelf three, you know, once in a while, examine it, see where you're at. And what you'll find is sometimes those questions on your shelf number three, um, when you pick them up down the road, all of a sudden, oh, that's right. I know this now. I used to have this concern, but it's been resolved. And that's a, that's a fun feeling. But we're not saying chuck the, you know, your question, we're not saying put your head in the sand, but just be patient with the Lord and with his timing. I really like that. Yeah. Thank you for um, sharing that. Yeah. Um, okay, last question of the Temple Recommend interview that we want to really go into is the last one, and it says, do you consider yourself worthy to enter the Lord's house and participate in temple ordinances? 
confession time. So priesthood leaders are not supposed to, um, they're not supposed to stray from the questions, but I, uh, I called an audible once because <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a little moment about that question. Um, had a young man come in and I was interviewing him and I asked that question and he said, yes, very quickly. And I said, why? Again, I, I went off script. <laughs> I answered one more word. And he looked at me and said, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm worthy. I guess I'm worthy. And I said, guess what? You are not worthy. But the Savior will make you worthy. And I just had a moment teaching him about the Savior. Um, it was just cool. The Spirit was there. And we both realized that none of us are truly worthy to be in God's presence. We are fallen, broken, <laughs> mortal, telestial people trying to figure out life. And no one's perfect. We don't measure up to a lot of these, to, to a level of perfection. But because of the Savior, because of His cleansing power and His marvelous atonement, each of us can answer that 15th question with a resounding yes. It's all because of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And currently, as I get uh, interviewed uh, by my priesthood leaders, I, uh, <laughs> I, I tease a little bit. I have a, kind of a lighter personality. And when they ask that question, I say, no, <laughs> I'm not worthy. <laughs> but I am because of my Savior, Jesus Christ. It gives me a chance to testify of my Savior during my Temple Recommend interviews. It's been a neat, a neat addition. And I'm sure, again, I'm sure if priesthood leaders hear this, they'll probably call my boss and say, oh, no, we've got this rogue <laughs> teacher who's teaching these crazy things. But I I love the chance to testify of Jesus as I receive my temple recommend. I really love that. Yeah. I think that question's often really daunting because you have to like reflect and you're like, am I worthy? Yeah. Can I enter the house of the Lord? That's like a really intense question. And oftentimes, you know, we do feel like less than, but I love that because it's us and Christ together. It's yeah. carrying that yoke together that we're able to enter the house of the Lord. Exactly. I remember the first time I heard this question and it it was amazing the spirit and the power that came with it of like Rachel said reflecting on exactly what it means to be worthy and just how important entering the house of the Lord is because if they're asking you like if you feel worthy yourself it's not just oh yes no like are you doing these things therefore okay great you're worthy you pass you hit all the check marks, you're good. It's more of a, do you feel like you're doing your best? Yeah. And do you want to be here? And I think that's amazing because if you don't want it, then you're not going to learn. And it's going to be probably, it's not going to be for your benefit. Um, one of the questions that we have is, why is it important to have a temple recommend? I love, there's an old guy in my ward and uh, <clears throat> he taught, and I think he's quoting, if I remember right, it's a quote. I think I'm reading the quote, but he said um, for him, and he's old, he's, he's, he's going to pass soon. But he said, whenever he goes, he says, it's his dress rehearsal for the final judgment. And uh, kind of like that. Not that he's cramming for the final exam, <laughs> but he just feels like if he can answer uh, yes to those questions, he's he's ready for the final judgment. Will the final judgment be similar to those temple recommend questions? It sure sounds like it might be. So if we if we can answer those, I man, bring on the second coming, bring on uh, a premature death, heaven forbid. But really, we are we are ready. We are prepared and um, just uh, ready for that for that moment. I had never thought about it like that ever. 
That was so fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only thing I've ever thought of close to it was in this past general conference, the the quote and the idea of going recommended to the Lord. Yeah. And so I think that goes along really well with it. But I never thought of it as, I guess, like the final judgment or the the judgment questions. Yeah. It's like the practice test. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, those. Pre-test. <laughs> yeah. They don't actually, well, they do count, but like they don't actually like matter in this totally, but it helps you what's going to be actually on the test yeah prep. on the final yeah <laughs> um so in october of 2019 the church announced the changes to the temple recommend questions what is the significance of this uh, we had uh, I, I apologize i can't remember who it was that came to teach us as a faculty but so president nelson his assignment when he was an apostle was over temples um for the last uh, 10 plus years, every single day, he was charged with the task of considering temples, temple worship, temple rites, I'm sure temple recommends the whole nine yards. I, I don't think these changes came out of the blue. I mean, they could have, don't get me wrong, but I think they've been on his heart and mind for a number of years. And when he became prophet, I think he asked um, authorization from the Lord to make some adjustments. And the Lord said, yeah. And I think the Lord guided him in rewording and reworking some of these uh, questions. And really, we thank the O oh God for a prophet. What a blessing to have a, a prophet who in 2019 looked at circumstances, looked at our world, uh, looked at different societal trends, and he took that all into perspective and was able to craft an update um, to these Temple Recommend questions. What a blessing. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, I think that's really interesting how the Lord doesn't change, but he makes it so that we're able to understand as our world changes. We talked about like how it's important, why it's important to have a temple recommended to keep it updated. <laughs> but um, how can someone who doesn't have a temple recommend prepare to receive one one day? I'm grateful that um, the church has published the Temple Recommend questions. Uh, for a while, it wasn't a thing. They were just in a handbook of instructions that uh, you don't have access to when you got your recommend. But now they're online, they're on the church newsroom, they're on the church website. And so those that I recommend, I think it's a beautiful thing to look at the 15 questions, maybe even study each of those 15 topics. Um, study faith, study the atonement, study the restoration, study the law of chastity, study word of wisdom and honesty and tithing. And have an experience. And I think in that study, people will do some self-examination and see where they might be deficient and can then uh, make some adjustments to become more worthy to receive that recommend. Obviously, with COVID, with temples being shut down, there's a lot. There are a lot of expired temple recommends because you're like, eh, can't go to the temple. Why have a recommend? Um, President Benson taught very clearly that really the, the symbol of our membership in the church is that current temple recommend, CTR, right? Current temple recommend. Uh, <laughs> and even though we don't have access, uh, we should always keep that recommend current. I think it's important for people to know that just because you don't have one now doesn't mean that you won't have one in the future. Yeah. Like we talked about earlier, are we worthy? No. With the Savior, are we? Yes. And that's part of preparing for a temple recommend is tying yourself to the Lord and preparing to enter with him. It's not just you alone. He's with us through everything. And so we can all become better and prepare um, 
to enter the house of the Lord when we're connected to him and when we are striving to be like him. Exactly. And like you said, and like what was said, I think it's amazing that the church has published more about the temples and the recommends so that your question, like questions can be answered a lot um, easier, right? Because it's not like some big mystery. It's just sacred. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that we can continue to learn more, there's more resources to help us prepare and to understand how important the temple is in our lives is something that I think can really help us prepare to receive a recommend or to keep our recommend updated. Yeah. In closing, we have one last question. Um, How has having a temple recommend blessed you in your life? I just feel safe. That's my favorite word. I just bring it on (laughs) again, bring on death, bring on second coming, bring on trials, bring on anything, Um, bring on a a situation where I need to give a a, a blessing to somebody. I just, if my recommend is current, I just feel empowered. I feel strong, safe, and secure. What a blessing to have a tangible reminder that I am considered worthy before the Lord. That was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much. And thank you for this podcast and letting us interview you about these questions and something so important in our lives. Yeah, for sure. We really appreciate you being here. My pleasure. Yeah, great. Thanks for listening to the Share His Light podcast. Make sure to check out the Institute Instagram at Logan Institute of Religion for more updates. Be sure to let us know your thoughts. Tune in Tuesday for the next podcast. Peace Peace out from from the Rachels. Rachels.